Welcome to Priory Podcast, brought to you by St Augustine's Priory. This is the podcast to find out more about the school, the pupils, the parent community, and even the staff. It's all about discovering how girls at the school are changing the world. In this episode, we speak to Head of Sixth Form, Mrs McLennan, about the Travel Scholarship. But not just Mrs McLennan, we also speak to Year 13 pupil Simran about her involvement in the programme, what she did, how this helped others, how the school helped her, and how it changed her as a person too. But we're also fortunate enough to be joined by Simran's mother, Swati, a very proud mother, and rightly so. But enough from me, and enough of this intro. It's time to get into our episode, so come with me now as we speak to Mrs McLennan, Simran, and her mother, Swati. So we're here today talking to Mrs McLennan, who's the head of sixth form, and we've also got Simran and Swati. So hello to you, first of all, Etta. How are you today? Very good, thank you. Great. We're recording this, Etta, on a on a Monday afternoon. How does a Monday typically look for you at school? I say Monday looks incredibly busy. Uh, from the moment we arrive, we have assembly, and then it is back to back right the way through until now, including sending a few UCAS forms, which has been a real delight today. Oh, right. So just tell us a little bit about your job, because you say that today is a busy day. I'm going to bet, though, that every day in the week is a busy day for you. That tends to be the life of a teacher. We are incredibly uh, lucky to be kept busy by all the different aspects of our job, uh, whether it's teaching lessons. I'm a Latin teacher and a classics teacher, or whether it's seeing the students, talking to them about their future plans, their UCAS applications, their different degree apprenticeship applications. There's all kinds of things going on. Fantastic. Well, we'd better crack on with this episode because as a Latin teacher, you know, Tempest Fugit and all that. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to be talking then about the Travel Scholarship. First of all, could you just tell us what the Travel Scholarship is for the sake of anyone listening to this who maybe has no idea at all what it is? Absolutely. Um, The Travel Scholarship is really one of I think one of my favourite things about our our sick form here, it's an opportunity that the students get in sick form to apply for a grant to support their plans to go and travel somewhere in the world. And I have to say, the really interesting thing is we don't really stipulate what the students have to do. There are no criteria that apply to the travel scholarship. It can be academic, it can be altruistic. And most of our students come at this from really different angles. So they choose something that they are interested in uh, and they actually go away and plan the entire trip themselves. They write a letter of application and then right the way from looking at visas and vaccinations and flight paths and transfers and accommodation, they look at all of those aspects, the practicalities of travel, but also they usually, and I think what you're going to hear today from Simran, is that they, they have an overarching aim for their project and they show us how they're going to achieve that in the in the time of their travel. So it's a really special opportunity while they're still at school to think about how they fit into the wider world and the impact that they can make. Tell me more about why the school does this. I mean, it sounds like a great program and it's great, I imagine, when you tell prospective parents what their what their child would do if they come to St Augustine's Priory. But why does the school actually do it? What's the real benefit here for the students? The real benefit of the students is that they, first of all, I mean, the practical benefit is that they get to begin a project and see it right the way through. In terms of skills that they they gain, they gain all of the skills that are required for successful applications in their future. So that is presenting, it is a, a written application, it's planning a process, it's often working in teams. Not every applicant applies on their own, many apply in pairs and sometimes even threes. But also I think that the really key thing is that it's looking at 
the students who have a love of learning. They are hugely interested in the world around them. They're passionate about shaping futures, um, a better future for the world. And for most of our students, it's incredibly gratifying for us to see they often apply with an, an altruistic aim, with an aim to help uh, those people around them in different communities and in different ways. And it's really wonderful for us to see our students prioritising helping people in the world around them. And we know that these students are, are looking to impact change. Well, it's great to hear this. And we're going to hear from Simran now, who's sat right next to you, Etta. Simran, hello. How are you, first of all? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Uh, I'm very well indeed, thanks. Very well. Thank you for giving up the time today. Are you missing any lessons right now? No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. All right. I don't feel quite so bad then for, for taking away from any learning in school. So tell us, first of all, before we talk about what you did and, 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 and the good that you brought to all of this, tell us, first of all, what A-levels you're doing and whether you're in year 12 or year 13. So I'm currently in year 13 and I've taken physics, maths and computer science for A-levels. Gosh, and what, what led you to choose those ones then? So I've always been interested in computer science and known that I've always wanted to go down that route. And I feel like maths and physics really tie in with the subject. So I felt that everything blended in very well together. And that led me to choosing these options. Fantastic. Really, really good. Now, this travel scholarship, you've been involved in this. Tell us exactly what it was that you did. So I was first inspired by watching other presentations over the years. And I've always known that I wanted to apply for the travel scholarship, but didn't really always know what I wanted to do. So that inspiration actually came from a conversation with my mum. And we were looking on my grandmother's life and her battle with a condition known as glaucoma, which is an eye condition that causes damage to the optic nerve, which, connect, which is connected to the brain. And it can cause permanent and irreversible blindness. So looking over her battle with the condition, I knew that I wanted to do something to help underprivileged villagers so that they, their condition could get treated and detected on time and so that they didn't have to suffer as much as my grandma did. And that led to the idea springing forth of a glaucoma detection camp. Gosh, wow, this sounds incredible. Tell us about where this was then. So this was in a rural village in India called Chitrakut. And my grandma has been receiving treatment from an eye hospital known as Sadhguru Netra Chikitsalai for many years now. And so I really wanted to give back to their community, especially after all the work that, and help that they've given my grandma. Oh, I see. So your grandmother is in India. So it's not like your grandmother is, is in the Ealing area. No, but, no. But actually, she's out there in India. So yes, she is. Wow. Okay. And tell us more about exactly what that part of the world is like, because I imagine that the people listening to this right now, we understand what India is, of course. You know, we understand mm -hmm. where it is as a country. I think people would probably struggle, at least I'm struggling anyway, to understand exactly what it's like and how it compares to a hospital in West London. Yeah, so... When I went there, especially, I found out that the awareness of the condition was almost zero to none. So being from like a, an area such as London, I just wanted to go in with the knowledge that I had to help educate them because I knew that they didn't have the opportunities that I do. So during my time there, I managed to see 50 patients. And on my first day, I actually designed a questionnaire um, to sort of test their knowledge on glaucoma before detecting anything or suspecting anything and sending them for further treatments. Mm -hmm. So managed to see 50 patients and ask them the questionnaire. And we also managed to go to the glaucoma wards and see what it was like actually being admitted into the wards 
and we also um i also raised enough money to feed them one day so we provided food for them and a meal for them one day which was lovely oh wow so it extends beyond the clinic to actually feeding them too that's incredible (laughs) so that was incredible difference that i was able to make thanks to the school tell us about some of the struggles that you went through when you're trying to raise all of this awareness i think mainly there was a big language barrier so I do know Hindi, so I did know how to communicate with them, but then also the local dialect, and then there was that barrier. But then I did have a lot of support from the eye hospital and the staff there. So thankfully, I was able to cross that barrier. And then how long were you out there for? Well, I volunteered in the hospital for a week, Mm -hmm. but I was in the village for a week and then in Mumbai for two weeks. Gosh. And the work that you were doing there, was that mainly in the village or were you still doing some work in in Mumbai or were you using the chance to be out there as a way to see more of the country itself? So whilst being in Mumbai, I managed to fundraise a lot before going on the actual journey to Titrakut. So after fundraising, then I went there for five days and then I came back and was able to spend a few more days with my grandma before coming back here. Oh, lovely. Gosh. So a busy time, but also a lovely time for you to spend time with family. Yes, it was really great, especially after lockdown. It was the first time we saw them in around three years. Now, we were hearing from Mrs. McLennan why this is a very good thing for for, for the school, but in particular for the students and the people who benefit from these programs. And it's great to hear that from a from a teacher point of view. But how do you feel it changed you as a person? I feel like I've been really humbled by the experience, especially coming from an area such as London, as I said, um, seeing such a small thing for us can make such a big difference in their lives. It really it was a really inspirational experience for me. And I would recommend it to every single person who could do have an experience like this. Fantastic. And how did you balance the work that you were doing for this with your studies? Because, you know, people listening to this right now, they might be thinking, well, that all sounds good. But actually, Simran should be really studying for A-levels. How do you balance all of that? So thankfully, I did it at a really good time. So I went this summer. So I didn't have any exams or anything to worry about, unlike year 13. So I knew that I wanted to get it done at a time where I wouldn't put too much pressure on myself. So especially... Imagine doing it this Christmas. I'd be preparing for mocks in January, so it would have been too hectic. So I think the timing was right. And tell me more then about how the school helped you with this as well. What support did you get from the teaching staff in school? So fundraising was a massive thing that they helped me with because... Firstly, I was able to raise £760 through through organising a raffle and I really have to thank the Parents Association, all the staff members that helped me, friends, family, everybody. I could not have done that alone. And not only have they helped me financially, but even morally. So they've always helped me with everything that they've said about the travel scholarship, being able to change people's lives. And they've always sort of motivated me to carry on with my endeavours. Fantastic. Well, it's really, really good to hear about all of this. Now, your mum is sat to your left as well. So, Swati, hello, first of all. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm very good indeed, thanks. Very good. I imagine that you're a very proud mother right now. Absolutely, yes. So tell me how it felt for you when Simran first told you that she wanted to embark on this project. I was pleasantly surprised and, of course, I encouraged her and as she told you earlier I supported her in the cause I even suggested uh, what she could do and as soon as she heard that she launched uh, and went on embarked on this journey 
And this is Simran's grandmother, of course. Is is this your mother or your mother-in-law? It's my mum. It's your mum. Okay. Yeah. And has she always lived in India? Or has she lived in the UK at all? She has lived in the UK when my dad was studying here. And then they went back to India. And ever since she's been there. But the main thing was to, when she saw my mum, she has lost her sight completely in her right eye. Oh, gosh. And she has about 35% in her left eye left. And that is being maintained by this hospital where we had gone. So it was a very close to heart cause for us. And we, of course, thank the doctors there um, who made this whole thing possible for us. And how does it feel to hear and to read about this in the in the news as well? Because I understand that some of the media outlets picked up on this story. They have, yes. I was very emotional, actually, when I read about it. Immensely proud. And at the same time, very humbled that the school gave such a great opportunity to Simran to do this project. Swati, in what year did Simran join the school then? She joined the school in year seven. And when you were looking for different schools for her to go to, what were some of the important things that you were taking into consideration? Oh, the school is so nurturing and the pastoral care is excellent. The teachers are amazing. The entire school is amazing i don't know we just loved it at sight fantastic well it's really good to hear that it really is simran if i can just come back to you for a moment how do you see the future of this clinic working out i mean what what are, what are your hopes for its future so um i'm very fortunate thanks to the support of many of those around me i was able to raise three thousand five hundred pounds in total so that will actually contribute towards an annual outreach camp so that is where hospital staff will be traveling to neighboring villages around Chitrakut and treating patients and transporting them back to the hospital, carrying out any checks, if they need any surgery, carrying out any surgeries and transporting them back all free of charge. Fantastic. That really is outstanding. That really is. And it will be named after my grandma. So and then my mother and then me. So it will be passed down through the family. And your grandmother's name? Kokila Kotak. Okay, right. Fantastic. Yes. I'm glad you said that, not me. And Simran, tell me something about what you're planning on doing after you leave St. Augustine's. So I'm planning to study computer science at university, but this project has inspired me to look um, into more affordable healthcare technologies and developing more of those. And where are you hoping to study right now then? Ooh, I've just recently submitted my UCAS, so... I've got my first offer last week. <laughs> so mainly looking in London, but I've applied to two outside London. So we'll see. Oh, very good. Well, congratulations for getting your first offer. <laughs> Thank you Can so I ask much. where that one's for? Royal Holloway. Oh, it's a very good one as well. So, so very good. And you mentioned about some of them being in London and some of them being out of London. Those that are out of London, are they far away outside of London or just outside of London? So one is Warwick and one is Southampton. So not too far. Okay. All right. That's good. That's fantastic. Now, Etta, if I can just come back to you for a moment. One of the things that Simon was saying is that she needed to apply for this. So just to clarify, this is something that year 12 students need to actively apply for. It's not like a default for everybody then. No, absolutely. So it's it's uh, an opportunity that's afforded to all of the students, but it is very definitely self-selecting and the students need to motivate themselves to apply. Uh, and they needed to come up with the idea, the presentation themselves. So it's a real lesson in ensuring that they that they take advantage of the opportunities that are out there uh, and that they really manage their time and their application as closely as possible. The travel scholarship mirrors a job application or a university application to ensure that the students, when they leave us, 
uh, have experienced these opportunities and feel really prepared for the first applications that they submit once once they're in the in the real world. And how long has the travel scholarship been around for then? That's a very good question. Well, it's certainly been been around for as long as I've been in the school, and I believe it's been been around for for much much longer than that. It feels like a, a very well trodden institution. And I have to say, it's it was a it's a massive pull, I think, towards the sixth form to have this opportunity to travel. And I think in the in the post COVID world, actually, we obviously had two years where projects were submitted, but travel was really restricted, and it was incredibly difficult for students to travel or even even to see what they could achieve. But actually, now restrictions have been lifted to be able to relaunch this year with such phenomenal projects, such as Simran's, has been really really inspiring and a real reminder stark reminder i think to the rest of the school community that we sit not just as an isolated school community we are very much a community that can contribute to not just the local area but actually we can contribute globally and as we pursue things like sustainability uh, we look to support wider communities and i I think simran has really exemplified that with her project and i'm delighted that there's that it's something that's going to continue it's a real legacy to have left. And I know that the school will want to continue to be involved wherever we can as well. Now, help me out with something here as well, if you could, Etta. Let's imagine for a moment that I'm a current parent or a prospective parent and I'm listening to this right now and I'm slightly cynical about it. And maybe I'm thinking to myself, you know, this is this is a good thing for the children to do because it gives them uh, experience and it gives them an opportunity to develop and to grow as well. But actually, does it really generate much good for the people it's supposedly serving. Tell us a little bit more about that. That's a really interesting um, point. I think it's very clear to see, particularly with Simran's project, that the aim was not um, a sort of uh, purely project that was going to benefit Simran. It's very definitely brought huge benefits to communities in rural India and the partnerships that she has set up much of the much of the expertise was there. It was the idea of the information campaign and the and facilitating the travel that was that was so crucial, enabling communities to make that journey and to make that link with the treatment options available. Equally, we have many other travel scholarships that have that have happened in the past and, and are happening again this this year. We had students travel to Brazil to learn and to promote. Uh, a prisoner rehabilitation program that happens in Brazil where prisoners under house arrest um, embroider uh, for the community and with their embroidery and, and with their their learning of these skills, they can understand more about community, contribute to community in a positive way and then in return their sentences are reduced. So our students went and learnt, um, they learnt about embroidery, they went and taught some of the these prisoners how to embroider so that they could rehabilitate themselves under house arrest. We've also got education programmes that students regularly like to apply for, so they like to go and either teach English as a foreign language or support with sports and they don't just go to these communities to teach or to teach English as a foreign language. Most of our students look at leaving a legacy there. So, for example, it may be donating equipment. So their fundraising doesn't just involve paying for their flights and uh, supplementing the school's grant with their own travel arrangements. What they actually arrange to do is to take enough netballs to ensure that a school can continue to play sport for a foreseeable future to take the technology over the ball pumps that will enable them to continue to uh, contribute to the children's sporting lives, uh, to take books and resources if they're teaching English. And the students really think these things through and that's part of what we consider 
when we are looking at who are going to be the successful applicants each year. Fantastic. That's so good to hear, Etta, that really is. If anyone's listening to this and wanted to find out more about the Travel Scholarship, how could they go about doing that? They could absolutely get in touch with myself um, at, the, at the school or with Miss Hales, the Deputy Director of SickForm. Both of us are actively involved in supporting the students prepare their applications, but also we are then very privileged to listen to them present. So I think we're in a good position to, to understand and to be able to inform on more aspects of the project. Fantastic. Well, uh, I'm keeping an eye on time. We do need to bring this episode to a close, but thank you so much, Etta, for talking to us today. It's been really good talking to you. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I have to say, working with students like Simran and, and hearing what they achieve is, I know Simran and her mother have both used the word humbling, but I think for us as a school community, it is certainly humbling to see our students going out into the world. And even from this very early age, making their mark, showing their intentions and making these positive changes. So good to hear that, Etta. Thank you very much. And Simran, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. It's been great talking to you. And Swati as well. Very proud mother. Thank you for being here as well. Thank you very much for having me. So that was Mrs. McLennan, Simran and her mother, Swati, telling us all about the Travel Scholarship at St. Augustine's Priory. A big thank you to you all for joining us on this episode of The School Podcast. To find out more, then just visit the website sapriory.com. But that's it for this episode. Our next episode is coming out soon. So in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.